weird thing is, now I'm exactly where I want to be. I got my dream job. And I'm still just thinking about my old pals. Only now they're the ones I made here. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. going on everybody welcome to another episode of the after the storm podcast episode 15 you know we have arrived at the season one finale what a season it's been so far we've covered a lot of topics everything from anxiety to the trauma of being a child and how that affects you as an adult fatherhood abortion music of course and just a plethora of incredible subjects that a lot of us deal with in our day-to-day lives and so i've been very grateful to have worked on this project so far and it's given me an opportunity to sit down with myself be creative release some of my ideas out to you guys and then develop a platform for people just like us to come and talk about their stories what's on their mind that they otherwise may not have and so i've been very grateful so far to have been uh, a part of this journey and even when it gets kind of annoying with some of the editing and uh, the challenges of getting a product like this going i still feel pretty great every time i release a new episode So I'll take this moment again to thank everyone who's listened, who's provided feedback, who's reached out, uh, who's been on the podcast already and who wants to be on it in the future. It's honestly very humbling and it's great and I'm super excited about the future of this podcast. And so with that said... I guess I'll get into a little bit of what the future holds for the After the Storm podcast. So I've decided to take a little bit of a break just to kind of hit reset and come back with some new creative ideas and talk to other people and kind of get those creative juices flowing a little bit because, you know, after so many weeks of kind of doing this on my own, I hit a little bit of a wall. And so... I feel like this opportunity here will allow me some time to come back and hit refresh and just make this podcast make season two even better than the first season. So I'm super excited about what the future of this show holds. And for anyone who's been along the ride so far, I hope that you're along the ride for the next season as well. And if you have anyone who you think would be interested in listening to, me ramble on and and, or be on the show or whatever then that'd be great i i love having a new guest on i love having people i've never met talk to me about the podcast or people i just met it's a pretty great feeling so it's been great so far as i said and i wanted to end season one off with a bang and so of course last week's episode was quite a landmark episode for this show uh definitely one of the ones i've gotten the most feedback on and i just want to say 
thank you uh, from behalf of myself and Michelle uh, for anyone who reached out and uh, discussed the show and, and, and even just listened to it. So, of course, this week we got to get right back into it because there is more story to be told. The purpose of this podcast was to give all of us an opportunity to share our stories and share those stories of perseverance or talk about what we're going through, those things that affect us in our 20s and our early 30s and really throughout all facets of our upbringing in our life so far. And this second half of the conversation is just another example of the human experience and the uniqueness of the challenges and the battles that we all face. And I can't thank Michelle enough for her time and for being so open, not only in the first half of the conversation, but as well as in the second half, uh, as you all will see. And so I don't want to take too much of your time with the intro. We'll definitely talk again after the conversation. But for those of you that don't know, my name is Eddie, and I'll be your host and guide through the After the Storm podcast. So feel free to sit back, relax, as we go through this journey of life, self-acknowledgement, and of course music Picking up right where we left off on the the first, on the last episode and on the previous conversation, uh, right as you were graduating and right as you were looking to start your career and you know get ready on that you know, that that next part of your life, I know that once you graduated, you were already looking to move to Hawaii. That was always a big plan uh, for you, but then obviously something major happened, and you were diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Um, yeah, fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can just kind of go uh, into the details, like what ex- what exact kind of cancer did you have? What stage were you at when you found out? You know, uh, how old were you? So before I found out I had breast cancer, I actually found out that I had cervical cancer. It wasn't like diagnosed that I had cervical cancer, but all signs pointed to it. 
progressing into that. Um, so I had a procedure done at um, my gynecologist's office and it's called a colposcopy. Nickname is a LEAP, L-E-E-P procedure um, where they take, they basically cut out the cancerous part of that tissue um, because my pap smear came back um, abnormal because I had HPV and that HPV didn't go away. Um, so when it doesn't go away, it gets worse and it can progress into cancer. Ba that's basically what my uh, gyno told me. She's like, this is progressing and we need to cut this out before it progresses. So I got that procedure done. Um, but earlier in the summer, so that was towards the end of the summer of 2017. But earlier in the summer, after I came back for my study abroad trip in Belize, um, I had some, and just for everyone listening, it's going to be graphic content because I don't, I don't really hide shit. But um, I had discharge coming out of my left nipple, um, and my left nipple was also inverted, which is another sign. So any any kind of not normal sign is a reason to go check yourself out. So like if you have like a skin texture change, skin color change, bumps little dimples, indents, anything that's off with what your body should normally look like is an indicator. So I had both discharge and a physical like um, inverting of my nipple. Uh, and I didn't really think anything of it because the discharge wasn't like something like you see, like, you know, like if you saw like a pimple infection or like where it's like yellow or, or something gross, you know, it was clear, you know, so it's just, I was like, maybe it's like water or something. I don't know. Like, how would I know the difference? Um, but after I had my procedure done at my gyno's office, she was like, all right, like, we're go. You know, she was concluding it with like, do you have any questions, this and that. And I was like, mm. you know, and part of me was like, should I say something? Should I not say something? Because it's probably not a big deal. But it's better to be safe than sorry. And boy, am I fucking glad that I brought that up. But um, I was like, yeah, actually, I have like this weird thing that's happening with my breast. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, it's inverted and I have like, this clear discharge. And she's like, that's not normal. Um, and then shout out to Dr. Michelle Starkey, who's my gyno, because sometimes you say things to doctors and they're like, nah, it's not a big deal. I want to say thank you to her for knowing better and knowing well enough to be like, this isn't normal. And for her to point that out and she was like all right let's proceed with the breast exam and she proceeded i was 24 and she did the breast exam and she went towards the left outer part of my left breast and she's like right here and i was like right here what and she was like that's a lump and i'm like what do you mean and she's like that's a lump right there i'm like how the fuck was I supposed to know that that's a lump? Like, I just thought that was my boob, you know? It could be something small. Like, I don't, you, like, you, you know your own body, you know? You could have a, you have a fucking razor bump on your bikini line and you wouldn't think it's fucking cancer. You're just like, that's a razor bump. And you wouldn't check it out. But anyways, I thought it was just like my breast muscle or tissue. She's like, no, that's an actual lump. And I'm like, what the fuck? So she's like, I think you should go over here. 
and blah, blah, blah. So she referred me to the Women's Diagnostic Center um, off of Sunset in 87. So I went over there and then, which coincidentally is like two blocks away from Ramiro's house. Um, and then I, I had texted him asking him if I could park at his house because the lot was always full because it was busy, whatever. And I was like, and it's just for a checkup. I'm just getting a checkup. Like it's, it's going to be quick. So I walked from his house to the front office um, and I was like, I'm here for my appointment. And then they're like, all right, we're just going to do like an ultrasound, like just quick shit. I'm like, all right. Um, so they put the gel on my breast and then they do an ultrasound. Um, and they're like, all right. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to have a seat and then we'll get back. I'm like, all right. So I'm out there and <clears throat> like 25 minutes go by. And they're like, oh, like they called me back and like, hey, um, we actually, um, we we want to do a biopsy. And I was like, oh, fuck, are you serious? All right. So then they put some like numbing, whatever, and then they cut into the side of my breast, took a piece of, took a sample, whatever. And like, all right, like have a seat. And I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. And then like an hour and a half went by and then they're like, Mm, we actually want to do a mammogram and I was like are you fucking kidding me and mind you it's not custom for women under the age of usually like 35 usually it's like 35 or 40 that you start getting mammograms but because this wasn't like a normal situation because the biopsy was weird to them they're like let's just do a mammogram too I'm like okay the worst part, number one, was that a mammogram fucking sucks because you squish your tits in every single direction with like immense pressure. But I was getting this mammogram done right after they did the biopsy. So they're squishing and I'm I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding all over this mammogram machine. So it was one shit after another. Like, all right, let's have a, like have a seat. And I'm like, cool. Like another hour and a half goes by. So what? I'm, it's been like over three hours now that I'm at this place where I'm just supposed to be there for like a quick little thing. And they're they're not the actual doctors. So they were not able to diagnose me. But they were like, look, we're going to be straight with you. It looks like it's cancer. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I, like I was mad at them, but I was just like, I just... I came in here for a fucking checkup. I came here just on a, you know, it could possibly be nothing. And now I'm leaving here being told that this can be cancer. And like, you're going to have to come back tomorrow and blah, 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 talk to our specialist. Great. Okay, cool. I'm walking back to Ramirez house. And I, first person I called my cousin, um, Melanie. And I was just sobbing, sobbing. Because I was like, I'm 24, I just, I, the fuck. And so I got back to my car, and then the next day, I, whatever. And from there on, kind of, everything started to go to into motion. And I met my uh, breast specialist there, um, and he, he took more scans, and then I and 
um, he was the one who diagnosed me. And he's like, yep, you have stage two invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, so, which just means that the cancer um, came, the source of it was coming from my nipple. And it basically the milk duct, one of the milk ducts burst and then it was starting to spread through the rest of my breast. And then there she was like, all right, I can refer to you to an oncologist at the Miami Cancer Institute and you can either do surgery and then chemo or do chemo and surgery type of thing. And, but he said the issue with doing surgery first is that you can, you can just cut everything off, but you could still have cancer there, or you can do chemo first, kind of get rid of the cancer, kind of make it like you're clearing out the ground and the foundation and then cut it off. It seems, and that seemed more of a, a better choice in my mind um so that's what i did and then from there it was like oh by the way have you had kids and i'm like what no and he's like all right it can affect your fertility so on top of everything else it's like oh cool so i got diagnosed october 30th i did ivf to try to produce eggs and freeze the eggs before my birthday and then i started chemo the first week of December. So this all happened like in a month. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember I mentioned in the first, uh, in the last episode, the reaction when you called me about the pregnancy, but the call that always for me personally sticks. Uh, and I always forget. I always remember exactly where I was, what I was going to do was, was the call where you told me that, you know, that they diagnosed you with cancer and I was at I was at school I was ready to take an exam I was maybe like 20 minutes from an exam or something like that and I mean I just like it's one of those calls where it's like holy shit right like you're obviously crying and and you kind of on the me on the other end I'm just like what do I even what do I say what do I do like you kind of feel like hopeless um so that was like you know a crazy moment that I'll never forget personally uh so with that being said, I mean, those first days, everything happened so quickly, right? Diagnosed, right? And then, you know, by December, like about a month later, you're, you're doing chemo already. So what was that initial reaction those first couple of days uh, for you? How did you feel? You know, were you, I'm sure there was a lot of anxious moments, um, but if you just walk me through kind of what you were kind of going through those days. I mean, I was definitely nervous because, you know, I, only heard of what people go through when they're going through treatment but like and i i know it was stage two and i listen it was still hard but i had it a lot easier than a lot of other people but the whole it, it kind of just goes back to the idea of dying you know when you hear cancer like fuck you're like you at least for me i just instantly thought of death even though i had uh, luck on my side where it wasn't as bad as other people but I was just thinking about death mm. pretty much the whole time and um, I was anxious and I was like you know what if I can't f I go through all this and I die anyways like should I even do treatment you know what I'm saying and I know that sounds kind of stupid to some people 
but it, it people do think about it and like i i can't even like the pain that came out of the physical aspect that came out of chemo was awful but i would never want to fucking go through that again i don't think it's worth it i don't um but i was like i'm 24 got the rest of my fucking life i have to at least try you know it would have been a different situation where i was if i were like 89 years old and i had cancer like i'm not fucking doing chemo i'm about to fucking die anyways you know mm-hmm. but i was definitely anxious and i was just thinking about death but i was just like it kind of was just like i i was just like i have to do this you know just one step you go to the first appointment maybe the second one would be easier and then from there it's just how really all i have to do is just show up and get shit done what were some of the struggles you went through with chemo overall i lost like 30 pounds um lost all my hair like everything like head eyebrows eyelashes everything like every single hair fell off my body my skin was drying out uh i had fingernails that fell off big toes died (laughs) Mm. um but it was mostly a skin change my skin was super dry got like leathery and my eyes were dry um lost the inner lining of my mouth so i i couldn't taste food therefore food was appetizing along with not already not wanting to eat because all i would do is vomit so it's like how do you how do you how do you challenge yourself to eat because you can't hold food down. You can't taste food. You don't even have the energy because of the lack of food you're eating because you're throwing it up and you're passing it. Your bowels are just running through you. Like there, there's no, there's no will to like do anything. Um, and because of that too, I was, I was dehydrated. I was dizzy. I, I ended up driving myself thank god i lived down the street from the cancer institute but i had to drive myself to the cancer institute because i was in the bathroom for like four hours and i felt myself like deteriorating i felt myself going to pass out and i didn't know what to do because i was by myself um but at least if i passed out at the cancer institute i had staff and people that helped me so i drove over there and passed out at registration <laughs> and got IV bags pumped into me um to hydrate myself um but i had to i had to quit my job because i didn't have the energy to work i had i barely had the energy to get out of bed and i ran out of breath walking to my kitchen i didn't have the energy to do anything so it's kind of like i just felt like shit 24 7. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sucked to <laughs> to sum that up it did suck so, yeah, I saw a lot of it. But the crazy part about it is that um, you've been through so much and I've admired you because of your perseverance over a lot of your other great traits that you have. But your perseverance is something that I've, I've never seen someone, especially like throughout my adult life, <clears throat> persevere through as much as you have. And even with the hardships and anyone at any, you know, 24, 30, 40, doesn't matter what age. But if you get diagnosed with cancer, you could very easily just say, okay, I'm just going to feel sorry for myself. And I'm just going to, yeah, I'll go through chemo. I'll go through the motions. But like, 
I'm just going to be fine being perfectly sad about it the entire time. And not to say that you didn't have your moments of anxiety and you, know, you were sad, but one thing that I really admired about you during that era was how you were able to take this terrible thing that was happening to you and turn it, and give it a positive twist, right? So you, you know, you started a little blog that I was helping you with a little bit. And then aside from that, you, knowing that you were going to lose your hair uh, for chemo instead of just, you know, doing it alone in the bathroom and, 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 you know, shaving it off by yourself, you had like all of us, all your friends come over and we, you know, helped you do it. Like we helped you shave your hair. Right. And then even your cousin, uh, Tasia, like did it with you too. Um, and I also know that you were documenting not just, you know, the, the, the positivity, but you were documenting a lot of the, you know, the struggles you were going with. So, so what was it? you know, that gave you that energy or what was it in your mind that clicked that was just kind of like, you know what, like, I know that I'm going through this, but I want to still do this. And I want to, you know, put that positive twist on it. Well, part of it had to do with um, my aunt's high school friend. Her name's Joanne. So shout out to Joanne. Um, She had reached out to my aunt after my aunt posted on social media about me having cancer, um, which I didn't mind or care about um and you know she at first it was it she just felt like a, any other person or a stranger like hey like thoughts and prayers with you which i'm not i'm not downplaying people's intentions but when you're in that position you're kind of just like fuck you bro like you have no idea type of thing but um my aunt told me that she had cancer and she wanted to reach out and i was like I mean, as of right now, I'm alone, but I guess it can't hurt to hear someone out. Um, so she told me about her having breast cancer, and she's kind of like my little breast cancer coach. And because of her, I knew what to kind of ex- have an idea and expect from chemo and things to have and to pack like cream and eye drops and stuff like that. But she was more like, she, you know, I had dinner with her and and I'm so glad I was open-minded about uh, having that relationship with her and having her open up to me. Um, but she was like, you know, you can, you can be sad about it. You have every right to be sad and angry about it. Um, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be alone or sad or do these things by yourself, you know? And I, that kind of changed my mindset because I was like, yeah, I mean, you're right. I I could go to my bathroom by myself and shave my head and sob about shaving my head. Um, But like, I, again, it would, and you know, I'm not really attached to my hair, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's not a big deal, but I was like, you know what? Like, you're right. And rather it be a sad thing, you know, I'm through it, but my friends are going through it with me too. So it's a happy thing. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to have a party to shave my hair and all my friends are going to be a part of it. And it's not going to be a sad thing. And we all cracked jokes and people were drinking and having fun and taking turns, cutting my hair and shaving my head. And it was it was so fun and I loved my shaved head and mm-hmm. everyone loved my shaved head too. 
Oh, you killed it. You killed it. Um, so, yeah. And it was more like using myself as a platform to reach out to other people. Because, like I said, if you don't, if you don't talk... If you don't talk about it, the more foreign it becomes. So if you don't talk about it, then people won't know. People won't even try to understand or get where you're coming from. You don't talk about it because they won't know. Um, So I was like, all right, so that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to talk about it. And guess what? I had other girls who are like, hey, I know someone who's going through this. I have questions. And I was able to be there for them, you know, and answer their questions about what I was going through. And I had this other girl who I've never even met her, but I have her phone number in my phone and she was going through stuff and she had just been diagnosed and she was a friend of a friend of a friend who reached out to me and got my number and people distributed my numbers to people. So I was talking to all these strangers. I joined on these breast cancer pages on Facebook. I attended breast cancer events and, you know, I got, I got a little bit involved and I helped people and I raised money and I just got through it. No, it was awesome to see. It was really inspiring. And I'm sure that, you know, for not just us, like the people who were close to you, but people on the outside looking in and taking that, that positive twist, like we said. Um, But definitely, you definitely had like a, a big support system, which is so important, Huge. so, so crucial. Huge. So walk me through that support system and how important you felt it was to you during that time. I mean, I, I loved having all my friends there and my family. Cause like I said, I, a lot of people don't have that. Um, and especially that at least in, in my opinion, it seemed like a lot of times when people are diagnosed with cancer, they feel like they're alone where people don't talk about it. So they're very closed off. They don't share it with people. So then that causes them to be alone and causes them to not have that support system and not have those people there with them. Um, so it definitely helped having friends be there and um, and family. I'm just always having someone able to take care of me if I needed them. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to go through that without it. So. No, it was it was difficult, but definitely having that support system, even from people that you didn't really like talk to like that much, you know, they just kind of reached out and the yeah, which was which was good and bad. Yeah, I told you I did have some people who, like I said, I'm not doubting people's like good intentions, but there's people out there that like you know, like you know who you are type of thing, and you know mm-hmm. that we don't. We don't have a friendship. You're you're not a part of my life. So, like I said, I'm not downplaying people's good intentions, but at the same time, a lot of people, I'm just like, fuck off, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> sometimes it's just like, oh, like they just they're doing it for them mm. to kind of you get me, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It just seems kind of shallow. It yeah. seems super fucking shallow. It's yeah. quite the understatement. No, that's that's a fair point. A lot of times people will go through things and people will kind of offer their support just as like, just so as, you know, what, you know, and like, yeah. and I, and I know people who have gone through stuff and sometimes I'm like, Oh, like I should probably say something, but then I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't mm-hmm. because sometimes you, you don't want to hear it. Yeah. And it's, 
I, like I said, you just don't want to hear it. Sometimes yeah. just like, especially I know I'm not a religious person, but people are like, oh, prayers, good vibes, this and that. I'm like, shut up. Thank you, but shut up. I, I don't want to hear it. I get it. Okay. That's, yeah. like, that's all I'm going to fucking hear. I don't need to hear it from like the 40,000th person. Like, I don't, I don't need that. Just yeah. Need you to just, just don't be there. Just don't get involved. Just let it be. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about it. Then I talk about it. Cool. But there's no need to like overreach gotcha. and put yourself where you never really belonged. So what, how many, um, chemo sessions that you do and then what was the what was the whole order after chemo and um like uh, like what was the next step in the process so it was freezing my eggs first doing that egg retrieval um putting my port in place which for those of you who don't know the port is um basically just like a catheter that they place under your collarbone some people have it in their arm but it's just a catheter that runs through your heart that they access and that's where they inject treatment instead of having to put an IV into you every single time. It's already like an internal IV that's already placed. Um, and then I believe I did 17 rounds of chemo. It was once every three weeks, which again, like I said, compared to other people, it wasn't that bad. There's people who are doing it once every day or twice every day, every other day type of thing. But mine was once every three weeks. Um, by the beginning of the second one, my hair had already fallen out. Um, and just for people to know too, not every cancer treatment causes you to lose your hair. It's the type of treatment that does. It's uh, specifically called taxatier, which was part of my treatment. That's what caused me to lose my hair. Um, but I did have, um, the breast cancer that I did have was like the most common breast cancer. Um, the most treatable one, which would have like the highest survival rate. Um, but I did 17 rounds once every three weeks. Um, and then I also had to get these belly shot injections, um, which sucked ass. Um, the needle and I'm used to needles because of my tattoos and shit. And I've always been a hospital kid. So needles don't bother me until I saw this one because that shit is probably the size of your index finger and it's probably it's a hollow needle it's probably thicker than like the core of like a ballpoint pen because they're injecting a capsule and they use a numbing spray before they inject you um so i literally have little scar marks on my belly from everywhere that they uh gave me that belly shot um but that was so the breast cancer that i had was feeding off of the estrogen that my body produced. Um, so the the idea to reduce the possibility of recurrence was to stop my body from producing estrogen. So they're like, we're going to induce you in a uh, menopausal state. We're going to shut your ovaries off. And then I was going to bring on the hot flashes and everything else. Um, so that's what that belly shot was doing and the tamoxifen pill. So it was a belly shot once a month along with, um, 
that tamoxifen pill every day. And then these other pills that they wanted, they were like trying out on me. So that was like an additional six pills. And I've never been a pill swallower, but I had to fucking learn. Um, and then, yeah, it was, um, it was rough. And to this day, I'm still fucking sweating balls. I'm hot all the time. And luckily I, I was able to stop taking the belly shots, so I just couldn't afford them. Um, they were $1,600 per belly shot. Mm. And yes, I was paying that out of pocket. So I blew through a lot of money very quickly. And there was just a point where like, I can't fucking afford this. My insurance was refusing to cover it. They didn't want to even cover my breast augmentation because they're like, it's cosmetic. But I was like, I have to cut my fucking tits off. Like, I mean, I don't have to get boob implants, but shit, like I had to cut them off. I had breast cancer. So that was a struggle. Um, but anyways, and they're like, so I'm going to be on this tamoxifen pill for at least my remission period. Um, and then I should be in the clear. Um, and right now it's been like four years in remission. It'll Hopefully that it'll be five next May mm -hmm. and my remission period will be over and that will officially, officially be like, I am cancer free. Mm -hmm. But the remission period is just where they're observing and doing things to prevent recurrence. And like, yeah. basically once you're out of that window, you're, you're, you're out of there. Yeah. Everything. And so aside from the, the health issues that uh, have affected you post chemo, post uh, surgery, Talk to me about what it was like kind of reacclimating back to just normal life, you know, like eating again and having the energy to work out and just social date, like <clears throat> dating and stuff. Like how long did it take you to kind of regain yourself and just put some of this behind you? I mean, I'm, I'm still putting it behind me. I mean, I, it was the longest and fastest year of my life, but I, I read about survivor's guilt and I didn't even know that was a thing, but that's something I definitely have. Um, and it was like, like I said, I know I was young, but at the same time, like I was probably one of the youngest patients at the time in the cancer Institute. And I was yeah. like, I knew half of those, not even probably more than half. were not going to leave that fucking hospital. Yeah. And then I'm just like, how come I can have the same type of breast cancer as someone else in here and they die and I don't. Um, but it's more like reacclimating to like, you know, at a time in our lives where we're older and like, just, you know, wanting to have sex and finding your person and like all this stuff. I have a lack of a sex drive. I can't even feel my chest. I can't feel my own body. Like, and even though my scars are pretty much non-existent, I still see my scars and then I get flashbacks. I'm like, why did this even fucking happen in the first place? And it just, it all kind of comes back to that. Um, so, I mean, I'm better, but I'm, I feel like that's something that's, it's always going to kind of trigger me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. No, and feeling, and feeling whole with my body again, you know, mm -hmm. like I, like I said, I, 
just earlier today and like it's something simple like that but i i was finally able to clip my toenails hmm. from after what almost five years after treatment affected my nails i was finally five years later able to do something about it i can finally be normal again which whatever normal is to other people but mm. i can finally eat and it feels like i like i know it happened but it feels like it didn't happen yeah. that's kind of where i'm at that's how much i've kind of put it behind me yeah where i feel like it didn't even happen but then i see my port scar or i don't have feeling in my i can't I can't scratch the itch in my chest because I don't have feeling, but I know it's there and type thing. And yeah, I, my eyebrows still, I mean, they grew back, but like, I definitely have to draw my eyebrows when I, before, when I put my makeup on, when I go into work, because I don't want to look weird without my lack of eyebrows on my face. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, my hair is healthy again, but yeah. Took a while for my hair to grow. It did. It did. So you don't want to chop all my hair off. I'm embracing that my hair is grown and I'm Yeah. But yeah. It's taken a long time, but you've come a long way. It definitely, you know, not that you put it behind you because you have those constant reminders, but it sometimes it does feel like, oh shit, that did happen, you know? Because so much has happened since then, right? A lot of like life changing moves and and you know. Right. A lot of big things um but yeah i guess that's something that you can't really forget um but you touched on it it happened at such a young age uh for you did did it put life and everything into perspective like did it make you like a little more fearless that it like after after the process was done do you do you think about it now uh and use it kind of as leverage when it comes to like making the big decision that you might be scared of you know having overcome oh, yeah. that yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's made me fearless. Cuz I'm definitely so scared about like dying and shit. I but I've more I've been able to accept that like for sure like I'm obviously going to die one day, but um it did put something to perspective where it's like well, I overcame this shit, so now there's no excuse. Mm -hmm. I have to do what makes me happy i i've got to move to hawaii or i gotta do what i want to do you know and during a pandemic and getting laid off kind of was a, I, again i'm not religious but again it was a blessing in disguise and it really was like well i have no ties holding me down right now and it's kind of like i can stay home and keep spending my Hawaii money on rent here in Miami where I'm unhappy, or I can just fucking go. Yeah. And go, you and, there, and there was nothing that was, there was nothing that was like, Oh, like now, I mean, other than being laid off and stuff, but it was kind of like, and there's no real right time to do things. You just got to fucking do it. Yeah. You just, you, you make the decision and then you planned around that decision. I was like, all right, I know I want to move. So I'm just going to, let's say I move in January. So if my flight is January, then what do I need to be done by December? What mm -hmm. do I need done by November, October? What do I need to be done by then? Yeah. And then slowly that happened. And 
slowly had less furniture in my apartment, slowly had less things to do. And then I was just saying bye to people and hanging out with people. And then I made that move and you went with me. Yeah. And so for sure. So, I mean, we're going to get into the Hawaii stuff now. Um, but yeah, man, the, the cancer stuff was crazy. It was wild. Um, yeah. But uh, obviously you overcame it. You're still overcoming it now. Um, but super proud of you and just Thank your you. perseverance. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I really, truly do like look up to you for a lot of things. Um, you know, perseverance is definitely up there for it. Um, so before we get into the Hawaii stuff and you moving away, because that's another big topic huge life-changing move obviously uh tasking you with yet another song so in the first in the first uh, part of the conversation you gave me your first two songs so now we're on to song three so what do you got for me um so i have it's, it's kind of on the sadder side um but it's called to build a home by the cinematic orchestra okay and it's just it just makes me feel so much especially just the instrumental part you know, it's just one of those things you listen to and your emotions are just like riding the wave. I love that. Have you ever been moved by a song? It just makes you cry. Oh, hell yeah. All the time, right? <laughs> yeah, which the songs, surely enough, this doesn't count as one of the songs, but it's the name of your podcast. It's called After the Storm by Munford and Sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as soon as I heard those lyrics, I cried and I tattooed them on my ribs. Yeah. So that's a. Uh... That's an Easter egg for people who don't know. So, so after the storm, the reason why, before we get into the song, the reason why I named this podcast after the storm was for a couple of reasons. Number one, I just like the meaning of it because during a storm, it's so hectic, you know, but we always look forward to like the afterwards, you know, and there's like that, you see the rainbows and you see kind of just the sky looks beautiful and, you know, you, it's like that light at the end of the tunnel. So that's one of the reasons. Second reason is because of this uh, Tyler the Creator and Kali Uchi song um, that has that same meaning. Uh, the sun will come up. Nothing good ever comes easy. I know times are rough, but winners don't win, etc. So the lyrics are very on that same brand. And then the third reason was that when I first met you, one of the first things we talked about was your tattoos. And you had these Mumford and Sons after the storm tattoos or, or tattoo like on your ribs. And that song is, I played it in my last episode, actually, too. Um, but it's just, it's a beautiful song as well. And so all of those kind of things, like, led to, like, the title of the episode. So you even, you, you even have something to do with the title of this whole podcast. So, you know, just goes to kind of show. Uh, the, awesome sauce. Yeah, the importance, you know. Um, but yeah, anyway. I got on the tangent there, but just wanted to bring that up. So here's To Build a Home by the Cinematic Orchestra. There is a house built out of stone Wooden floors, walls, and windowsills Tables and chairs warmed by all of the dust This is a place where I don't feel alone 
Okay, so you did kind of a big thing, a scary thing. Now, a lot of people move. Uh, you know, the, we I've moved to a lot of people. They'll move friends in Seattle and Texas, all over. But you took it to the next level, and you moved all the way to Hawaii. And since I had known you, it's always been something that you had discussed. But I have to know what was it finally that pushed you out of Miami first and foremost. Out of Miami? Yes. I just wanted to leave there. I had lived there my whole life. And it was more like I just, no offense to all the other people I went to school with and are thriving in Miami. I don't thrive to life is a word, but I didn't want to be another fucking person who just stayed there and anchor, like put their anchor into place and just live the rest of my life out there in one place. I, I didn't want to do that. Um, I wanted to explore and see what was out there for me. And that doesn't mean I can't come home or couldn't come home, but I just didn't want to be at home for my whole life. I, I wanted to know something different. And so why Hawaii? Um, well, I've been obsessed with Hawaii since I was a child. Um, I think I had, actually posted on one of them, showed you, but I had written in one of my like middle school journal entries of my favorite place. And I wrote Hawaii and I didn't, I hadn't even been there yet. Also living here now, I, I know better and I'm going to correct myself and it's Hawaii. I know, but it's, it's true. And it's like, if I'm, if I'm listening to someone say it and I know that native Hawaiians hear it, they get upset when we don't say it correctly. And now I know better and I know the culture. So it's Hawaii. I've been obsessed with Hawaii since I was a kid. And I actually wanted to do it um, for my 15th birthday. But um, my mom, she, she was like, no, like, let's do a quinceanera cruise because this person and whatever is doing a quince cruise i'm like god okay whatever which that cruise is fine don't get me wrong but but anyways my mom made that choice and i ended up doing a 15s cruise and not going to hawaii and then um then uh right after we graduated um my dad planned a trip to the big island and I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. And this was actually my last trip with my parents and my brother, our last trip as a family before they got divorced. So it's kind of bittersweet. But we were on the big island for two weeks and it was amazing. 
it was incredible and the people here were so nice and it felt like another planet and it was just so beautiful the people were so nice the food was so good like it was just such a different lifestyle like i already felt at home at a place that i had never been to before and ever since i left the big island i was like i need to go back i had like the itching to go back um and then i went by myself in 2018 after cancer everything, um, just so I could check it out, um, to try to get an idea of where to live and where I can be and like get, get an idea of pricing and all that. Nice. To kind of set everything into motion and that was what I was working towards. So you've been there for how long now? Yeah, about a year and a half, almost exactly. Yeah, it's been about a year and five months. Yeah. And how have you embraced the culture since you've been there? Um, honestly, I haven't really, I don't know what the correct answer would be to embracing the culture. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I've learned a lot and I've learned that I probably shouldn't have moved here. Um, I love it here. Don't get me wrong. But knowing about, like, again, I, um, I went to this museum called the Museum. Um, and they have this whole section on Hawaii and Hawaiian culture. And I educated myself a lot about the illegal occupation of Hawaii and how, you know, we're not wanted here. Um, and similar to how people in Miami or any other place on the mainland were like, oh, like prices are going up, people are moving here, like. We're being displaced. It, that's how Native Hawaiians have felt this whole time. They've been displaced and shut out of their own Native lands. And people moving here doesn't help the situation. So I've learned that as selfish as it was for me to have done that on my own accord and my own dreams of wanting to be here, I probably shouldn't have moved here because it's not my place to displace other people. It is what it is right now have a job here and a life um and i love here but i know i won't be here long term because it's not my place to be here long term i'm only i think the word that they like to use is i'm only here on like an invitation even though i wasn't invited but so you moved january 2021 still kind of heart of the pandemic uh and so take me through that transitioning period that initial phase the first from first of all from moving from miami to hawaii making that trip and then you know once arriving there those first couple days weeks uh, months when you're still finding your own didn't really have anybody there or actually didn't have you didn't have anyone there actually at all um so take me through those uh through those phases well moving five thousand miles there was a fucking pain in the ass um getting rid of everything but putting all my life into three suitcases and um you know driving from florida to cali was quite the adventure mm-hmm. as you know um albuquerque was absolutely fucking awful i will never drive in that fucking shit again terrifying on what is it black ice or snow whatever it is awful with regular honda tires with my little honda civic it was awful um and then shipping my car out 
And it just would have it helped me tremendously because the car is freedom. So yeah. having that car on the island with me definitely helped. Um, but yeah, when we got here and that whole situation with the rental car, and I, I looked at an empty apartment and I was like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, I, I have no furniture. I know no one. I don't have a job. I don't have shit. I definitely had, actually, you know what? That was the second time I had, no, that was the first time I had the panic attack. Mm-hmm. First panic attack. The second one was the one on that zipline tour that I talked about earlier. But I had a panic attack. I was like, I I left everyone. I had everything. Um, so it's definitely scary and bringing something new and that I've never done before. But I was like, well, I've, I fucking did it. So I got to do something now. And I bought a paddleboard off of Facebook Marketplace. I paddleboarded out and was discovery new places and I joined some Facebook pages and that's where I met some friends and then from there I was applying for jobs and I finally so what I got my job March 1st it took me like a month and a half to get a job and that's where I met everyone and I ended up meeting my current boyfriend I had met my roommates and yeah and now I'm I live in a two-bedroom apartment in Honolulu with a big girl manager salary job Mm -hmm. with a boyfriend, and here I am. A year and a half in. A year and a half in. You made quick time. Yeah, I guess. One thing that I know, since you moved to the island, you stopped drinking. And that's not to say that you were (laughs) like a big... You weren't a big drinker before, but you know, you you partook, like you love your Bloody Marys and... You know, I, I had the occasional blackouts. Yeah, occasional blackouts, <laughs> right? Like, you know, I, I saw you the first time I traveled with you. I saw you fall off of a a, a bed onto the floor head first, mm-hmm. blackout unconscious. So let's, Fine. yeah. So we definitely can say we've come a long way. Um, but I mean, stopped... I only I only drank because it's a social thing. Yeah, like it's just something that you did, not because mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. But yeah, you stopped cold turkey. So what led to that? And how's it felt since you've done it? I mean, I don't think I stopped cold turkey. I just, I didn't even drink when we, when you came with me. I think you might've had like one drink. Yeah, but it was one drink. It wasn't like, anyways, yeah. any, whatever. <laughs> but yes, I just stopped drinking completely. Cause I just, well, I think part of it has to do with um, my cancer journey. And I was just like, got a healthy body again kind of don't want to fuck it up mm-hmm. um but it was more like i just don't get i don't care to drink and you know i've, I've always had problems with headaches my whole life and yeah. so i don't know what the normal average hangover is but being someone who has chronic migraines i feel like having that makes your hangovers 10 times worse Absolutely. So I was like, there's literally zero benefits to alcohol. Zero. Mm-hmm. There's not a single benefit other than people being like, oh, well, it makes you have fun. But no, I mean, you can have fun on your own accord. <laughs> I I wouldn't say that that's the exact cause of alcohol. Yeah. But there's zero benefits to drinking alcohol. You don't feel well. You, the room fucking spins. You forget shit. You do stupid shit. I mean, you fuck up your liver. I mean, there's no... So I was like, I have no desire to drink mm. anymore. Yeah. And so have fun without doing that. Mm. 
So you've never felt tempted in like a social setting or anything? No. Yeah. If anything, I'm just like repulsed. I'm just like, Ugh. wow. I don't want to fucking drink. Wow. As a whiskey connoisseur, that hurts, but I I get it. Uh, so since you've been on the island, what have you loved about it so far? I mean, I know we talked about the difficulties already, but what what's kind of validated uh, your your move for you? I I love the daytime slower paced lifestyle here. I love that on my days off or if I feel like going on a hike, I can just go on a hike and the hike that I'll probably I probably haven't done it yet. Like there's so many hikes, there's so many places to see mm-hmm. that I haven't even scratched the surface of the other things that I can do on the island. Like I have a little bit of a city life and I can go paddleboarding with fucking mountains behind me. Yeah. I can go on a waterfall hike. I can there's just so much to do and the people here are so much nicer so much nicer i can attest to that yeah and like love your fam love your friends but everyone in fucking miami is an asshole (laughs) everyone the culture there is this this toxic bubble (laughs) that doesn't even exist here minus you know, the tourists who are spending money and think they're entitled. But other than that, everyone here is super nice. People aren't sketchy. People aren't, like, going out of their way to, like, be a dick to you or trick you or take your shit. Like, it's, I feel, I've never felt in danger here. I feel super safe here. Like, everyone's so nice. Um, And I just love the daytime style. I love that. And you know that I, I was the biggest night owl, the biggest insom- like insomniac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But transitioning into a morning person and having longer days really made me appreciate the life around me. And like I don't I don't fucking miss going out every weekend watching people get fucked up. <laughs> like that like don't get me wrong. I, I get it sometimes that it is fun, but that shit gets old real quick. Mm-hmm it gets old to go to the same bars and the same places with the same people. And you do what you do. That's what like five in the fucking morning people. No, everywhere closes here by like 9 PM. Yeah. Everyone is, everyone is waking up or parking at hikes by 5 AM. Yeah. Like it's just a completely different lifestyle. Completely. And like, I, I do love the food here. I miss Spanish food more than anything, but I can't deny that the food here is really good. And the food here is really fresh. So just overall, my body just feels healthier mm-hmm. and stronger. You're right. It, doing the same thing over and over, same places, same people, it gets repetitive. I mean, even me, I moved to Tampa for like a <laughs> lifestyle change, which isn't even like that much, but the pace was a lot slower. Pandemic yeah. hit, come back. And ever since, I, ever since I came back, I my whole thing is I changed the way I did Miami. Because when I was in Miami the first thing, like I was going to the same five, six places forever. And I came back and like, I was like, holy shit, there's so much more to do. And like, there's so many other places to go to. And so, you know, like, I didn't even know, like it was my backyard and I didn't even know it that well. Yeah. Um, so you get accustomed to that lifestyle. But I can attest to that a lot of what you said, just from the four days that I was in Hawaii. Uh, it's amazing. You know, there's a lot of daytime activity and it's it's gorgeous. The the literally the wallpaper on my phone is still a picture that I took in Hawaii. So 
It's, yeah, there's like a million beaches, and it doesn't matter. Like every beach is different, and like it's just so nice. It's so nice. So how long? I know you said that you you don't see yourself there forever, but I'm how not long meant to be here forever? So. Right. So how long do you see yourself there? And then, I mean, I know it's thinking way ahead in advance, so it's not no. like you need to have an answer. But besides that, like, where would you see yourself going afterwards? Um. So my boyfriend definitely has played a part um in what i want to do with my future um we plan on having a future together um but he is in the military he's in the national guard part-time um he's contracted to be here until november 2024 um so as of right now my plans are to be here till november 2024 mm -hmm. um I'm still learning all about the military and um, I don't know how like new contracts work and stuff like that. But I think he wants to leave the island as well because he's lived here his whole life. Yeah. So we'd be leaving the island altogether and moving somewhere else together. Um, I mean, everything plays a factor along with obviously shit that it's going to happen with the Supreme Court, like things that happen with our rights will definitely play a factor. But if that wasn't, we were thinking about um, different places. Uh, I think we were between um, Washington State, Oregon, even Arizona. Um, but we're leaning more towards Oregon. That's Pacific Northwest life. So you still get the... The nature yeah. and Castelli vibes. Yeah, I see yeah. that. It'd be a smoother transition from Hawaii. Yeah, so, I mean, Hawaii, it's, listen, it's, it was quite a bold move, but I know it was something that you've wanted for a very long time. And after everything you went through, it was hard. I mean, it's not like I lost you as a friend, but it was hard just like losing the accessibility in person. But yeah. like seeing, seeing someone do something so, spontaneous you know to a degree because you have been thinking about it but like so kind of just out there i mean is super admirable and i'm sure that a lot of people when you tell them or people that saw you move to hawaii you know they say oh my god i'm so jealous or like oh i wish i could do that kind of stuff and honestly yeah, a lot I, of times I, like you can do that stuff it just yeah you, know, you can you just have to do it and i always came across those people too when i worked at the zipline park mm -hmm. you know when it came down to like we had icebreakers and they're like, all right, so like you did like this is your job. You get to zip line every day in Hawaii. I'm like, yeah. And like, I want this job. Like, like what brought you to Hawaii? And then I tell them, I was like, well, I was gonna move here five years ago, but then I had breast cancer and then I went into mission and then I got laid off and then I sold everything and I moved here by myself. And every time I tell someone that, they're like, Wow. They're like, That's amazing. Like, good for you. Like, that's incredible and people will be like i want to do that i'm like then just do it have you ever thought of have you ever thought about you know say things had happened according to plan and say you had moved to hawaii five years ago and you initially planned on it do you think that looking back do you think you were ready for it at that time or probably not but i don't think you're ever ready for it mm -hmm. i would have figured it out just like i try to figure everything else out I mean, so I guess some things do happen. I mean, you ended up having to stay, obviously, and you ended up there anyway. But who knows? Maybe five years ago, things could have been different. I don't know. 
Either way, I'm super proud of you for making that move. It's crazy. It's it's four fifty in the morning on my end, so that means it's mm. what over there, midnight. It's, it's ten. It's ten fifty p.m. I'm six, I'm six hours behind. Fantastic. Ten fifty, and I'm four fifty on my end, but it's okay. It's not like I'm not accustomed to. We I, I used to stay up this late all the time, so it's no big deal. <laughs> but the the time difference has a time how difficult has that time difference been like for you when it comes to communicating with people or have you been able to find kind of like a honestly it works because i'm usually every time like i wake up or my lunch break people are already on the in miami they're out of their jobs or at home they're chilling true so it kind of always works true. i haven't had a problem talking to people i mean we've talked for a very 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 long time uh but you know, we had a lot to talk about. I'm super thankful that you came on the show and opened up about everything because like, it was a lot. A lot's happened. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm sure that if we really what? want that to. That wasn't too, that wasn't a lot. That wasn't much. <laughs> I'm sure if we wanted to, we could have talked about it even more. But, um, you know, as always, uh, to give you your flowers again, you know, I'm super thankful for you and i don't say this lightly but you know just so people know literally my my adult life which i consider you know my 20s you know uh i there there wasn't a single more impactful person for me for a plethora of reasons you know not just from like our friendship and even before that right but like everything that you know you 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 went through seeing you like you know being close to you and seeing you go through the, these things and whatever support i can and then whenever i was going through something or whatever i need something you're there to help me as well um so you know and it's been a year and a half but i still think that you know we're going strong as well too and i obviously i have patch so patch is a daily reminder mm. you know of of our friendship and everything that we've been through too um so for the conversation for being so open for using the platform to be honest and and brave and for everything that you've done for me as a friend and everything like i cannot thank you enough you're the best and from the bottom of my heart i love you i love you i love you thank you <laughs> yeah uh so let's end on a on a positive little note here uh we finally have arrived at song number four and i Spoiler alert, I think we already know what it is based on the earlier answers. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and sign us off. Gonna be, uh, the Less I Know the Better by Tim and Paula. But we're going to do the slowed down version because mm -hmm. the slowed down version is kind of lit. It is pretty lit. It's pretty lit. Just, and just so people know, <laughs> the less I know the better. It's funny she says it. It's, according to my Spotify stats, it's my most played song of all time. It's also one of my favorite songs ever. So... I mean, great choices on the song today. But means again, thank you again for your time, for everything. Um, thank you for having me. Yes, of course. All right. So here's The Less I Know the Better by Tame Impala.
here we are signing off one more time for season one after the storm podcast thanks again to everyone who listened who supported who provided feedback who had questions I mean, I don't know. This is just one of those moments where I'm just so grateful for this entire journey, this process, and everything that it's brought so far. And I'm really looking forward to the next phase of this project. But for now, we're going to take a little bit of a mental break, hit reset, and come back better, faster, and stronger than ever before. But of course, this would not be me. This would not be the show unless I left you with one more song. And of course, because this is such a momentous day, the first season finale for the first season, I must say that today has felt like a very good day. So of course, I leave you with ice cubes. Today was a good day. Now time classic to send us off and as always conquer today conquer tomorrow conquer the next day tell somebody you love them i will see y'all next season peace and love just waking up in the morning gotta thank god i don't know but today seems kind of odd no barking from the dog no small and mama cooked the breakfast with no hog I got my grub on, but didn't dig out Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out so Hooked it up for later as I hit the dope Thinking will I live another 24? I gotta go cause I got me a drop top And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop Had to stop at a red light Looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight And everything is alright I got a beat from Kim and she can fuck all night Called up the homies and I'm asking y'all Which part are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court and I'm troubled Last week fucked around and got a triple-double Freaking niggas every way like MJ I can't believe today was a good day Showers. Didn't even get no static from the cowards Cause just yesterday them booze tried to blast me Saw the police and they rolled right past me No flexing, didn't even look in a nigga's direction As I ran the intersection Went to show dog's house, they was watching you on TV raps What's the haps on the craps? Shake em up, shake em up, shake em up, shake em Roll em in a circle of niggas and watch me break em with the 7, 7-Eleven 7-Eleven, 7 even back though, little Joe I picked up the cash flow Then we played bones, and I'm yelling domino Plus nobody I know got killed in South Central LA Today was a good day Trying to fuck sister 12th grade It's ironic I had the rule, she had the chronic The Lakers beat the supersonic I felt on the big fat fanny Pulled out the jammy And killed the poop nanny And my dick runs deep So deep, so deep Put 
one She didn't hesitate to call Ice Cube the top gun Drove her to the pad and I'm coasting Took another sip of the potion Hit the three wheel motion I was glad everything had worked out Dropped her ass off and then chirped out Today was like one of those fly dreams Didn't even see a berry flashing those high beams No helicopter looking for a murder Saw the lights of the Goodyear blimp And it went ice cubes up pimp Drunk as hell but no throwing up Halfway home and my page is still blowing up Today I didn't even have to use my AK I gotta say it was a good day Stop this shit. What the fuck I'm thinking about?